Hello, 200 OKers. Right, I know we promised you a an immediate response to last week's episode with an episode that would follow seven days later. It didn't happen for one reason or another, but we have brought you another show today. It's a little shorter than our usual, um, but hopefully no less fun. Today we're going to follow up on S3, find out a little bit more about James's cyber flashing experiment, and why James is not necessarily the same James Beck that you'll find when you Google him. Okay, enjoy the show! talked about the s3 um public bucket thing um mm. yeah which basically i've played with for the last two weeks as well um so i've got a small small cool. update on that what, um, start with that and then we've also we also um uh talked about the airdrop sort of um what was that what was oh the yeah i've got more on that again? as well I've, cyber cyber, cyber flashing. flashing i've got more on that Yes, I know you. I know yes. you had. A, and I did a tiny experiment with that. I know as you well, did. So, yes, um, I remember you. Um, well, you sent me a picture, didn't you, from the football? I did. I did. I did. <laughs> not the sort of picture that you might be thinking. <laughs> Actually, it's not. Me and you are laughing about it, but when I got on, um, I've had a little rummage around Twitter to see. You know, I was trying to work out what uh, if people had any experience of this that they were talking about, and there mm. was some really dark stuff out there, which I <laughs> which I'll come to in a minute. Yeah. Not just um, it actually makes sending sending your your penis around uh, quite um, tame. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I've got a really I've got a, well yeah, I must admit also when I listened back when I was like kind of producing last week's recording just to make it you know distributable yeah. um I, I listening back I did think oh gosh we are we are uh, making fun of a quite serious topic to yeah. be honest so yeah, uh, I think it it goes without saying although I will say it that of course neither of us endorsed this activity no of course not and, and I'll make uh, that clear in a minute and it is truly dreadful yeah, I have had a play of it um no, I haven't sent anyone anything, <laughs> but I've no, done no, some no, experimenting. No. Um, right, where do you want to start then? And then there's the other couple of things I want to talk about. Where they're just all uh, little quirky things I found, really, um, and stuff to 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 think mm. about. Well, let's um, let's go. I'm interested in where you've been going with S three. Yeah, the this is ongoing, so probably more to come on this. Yeah. Um, so, I where were we last time? Oh yeah, so. We'd worked out you could find public buckets easy enough and you'd get a nice index yeah. of all the files in there and occasionally those buckets just simply weren't supposed to have that indexing ability because the files in them were supposed to be private um, or at least only accessible to certain people. Yeah, yes. Um, uh, I wrote a little blog post on that and I I asked... So Chris Vickery... Um, who works at UpGuard? I asked. I asked him to have a read uh, via Twitter, and he did. And he got back to me, and he and he pointed out to me that the way that he's discovered some of the really juicy finds um, is by actually. Uh, he described it as fuzzing private buckets, <laughs> which is something I never thought I'd say. Um, but they. Um, uh, so basically, you can have a private bucket, but where files within it are actually have a public status. So you don't get a nice listing of them. They're there, and if you yeah. make the right request they appear um 
So are you talking like guessing file Basically, names, that sort yeah, of stuff? Yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm midway through that. Um, I needed to set up a bit of a better um, way of, of scanning because otherwise you're guessing, does this bucket exist and does it have this file? And the odds of doing that are just mm-hmm. astronomical. So my logic has been to plough through buckets looking for not just public buckets but buckets that exist full stop bang all of those into a database and i'm nearly done with that phase i've got about three hundred and fifty thousand buckets that i've found okay just through churning through word lists and lists of like alexa's top one million websites we talked about this last week uh well two weeks ago and um stuff like that Uh, and you know like names of people names of businesses dictionaries all that kind of stuff. Um, so it, I'll make a request to forget a 404, the bucket doesn't exist. A 403, it does, it's private. A 200 means it exists and is public. Mm-hmm. Um, so I built that massive database. And the next phase is uh, to, yeah, take a, a, a uh, in, in S3 language, an object key, uh, so a file name essentially, um, or yeah. a folder name, and then run that across every bucket that I know exists because that way I'm not generating wasting time on 404s and also I've got a I haven't proved this yet but I've got a feeling that Amazon are punishing you in terms of rate limiting you when you hit lots of consecutive 404s I'm still working out why sometimes it slows down and that might be part of the reason so by eliminating that I know I can churn mm-hmm. through a couple of hundred thousand requests for a specific file very quickly yeah. so yeah it's going to be a bit of fun uh, like I don't know what I'm going to search for even uh, passwords dot text I don't know well <laughs> or something yeah yeah yeah, you know, yeah. So. that's what, that's the first thing I was thinking <laughs> of so just so just to clarify your thing about the rate limiting because I remember you saying last week that um, you weren't experiencing any kind of rate no, limiting I wasn't. but you're you're saying you're saying that the rate limiting seems to kick in if you're hitting I don't know, do you know what? I don't have anything conclusive on that yet there's something going on okay. um, I, I've managed well I'll, t- I'll tell you. Um, God, this is going to get horribly technical and boring. But with an S3 bucket, you can access it two ways, potentially. Some buckets you can access by going to s3.aws, uh, amazonaws.com forward slash the name of the bucket. Others, yeah. if you do that, you'll actually get a message back saying, it's, it's essentially a 301, saying, no, you have to access this bucket by going to the bucket name dot s3.amazonaws.com. And the, the downside right, okay. of the latter is every request you make requires a DNS lookup. Uh, right, okay, Which yes. is much uh, more, but well, adds up to be significantly more time consuming. And it's it's in those DNS lookups where I was getting rate limited, and I'm assuming by, by Amazon. Um, I'm not really sure is the short answer at the moment. Uh, but I found if, so what my code does now is it will always look for a bucket on s3.amazonaws.com forward slash the name of the bucket and then if I get a 301 saying no you have to access this bucket a different way that only then will I access it by mm-hmm. going to the name of the bucket thinking about it I, I could be rate limited by anything else you know I'm using a VPN for this it could be the VPN provider that's rate limiting DNS requests um, but yeah. I did find I did it I tried it without the VPN and I was still having the same problem so somewhere I am being rate limited for DNS requests and you'd think that would be more local than Amazon, okay. but these are quite obscure bucket names. So I'm guessing they haven't been cached by, you know, DNS servers that are particularly close to me. So I know I don't know is the short answer, but something weird was going on. Um, oh, that was the other thing actually. Um, I did set up a honeypot. We talked about 
Yes. Um, and I said I really hadn't had any results yet. So I did rename it. I went through the the UK's top websites from top down to as far as I had to go to find one. And the first mm-hmm. available bucket name um, for the most popular websites in the UK was, believe it or not, ladbible.com. Um, <laughs> which I've only ever heard of because I used to like occasionally use Facebook and it would just fill my feed with videos of people doing stupid stuff or um, yeah. yeah so um, so I, I nabbed that set up a bucket on ladbible.com and I still had no requests from anyone oh, so right. so whilst this is clearly a problem it's not really doesn't seem to be uh, particularly um, being exploited in the wild no no, chances are you're going to have to you know, be a significant, um, significantly recognisable bucket name to potentially even really receive any kind of action on that. Yeah, uh, I don't really know, to be honest. But the funny thing is, actually, while I've been writing my code for for fuzzing buckets and for just finding mm-hmm. buckets, I have found other obvious honeypots. I've, I've found... Um, uh, people that are using names of very popular websites and inside their buckets they've got um there was one guy that was a it was a security researcher's cv that was the only file in the bucket and i can't remember what the bucket was called but you know it was like i don't know ibm or something like that i can't remember you know oh, so right okay so other people are aware of this um but yeah i just i so do you mean do you mean that 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 person they were using a bucket for, so essentially they were using a bucket for their own personal use but one that effectively exposed a a more vulnerable bucket um no i just mean um or more more or more um valuable bucket. i think someone had just basically i don't know what their idea was to be honest they they'd taken a popular name re- used it to create a bucket and then put their cv in and, and the fact they were a cyber security researcher made me think well they've just done this to highlight or play with public uh, oh, buckets okay, that then. shouldn't okay. be there oh right yeah. i see right yeah, okay um, okay uh, this reminds me of uh, something else that you talked to me about uh, quite a while ago and stop me if i'm going off on a tangent because um i don't want to to take you away from what you were talking about um but the the idea that along the lines of this fuzzy matching with with um, object keys on S3, in that there may be uh, specific file names or folders, predictable file names or, or folders that exist on public web servers, like, for instance, .git and stuff like that, where people are using git in order to deploy their websites, but not actually preventing any requests to a root domain forward slash .git request, therefore yeah. exposing yeah, the entire um, repository and history of it- all their files. It's exactly the same, just inside Amazon's environment, I suppose, yeah. I mean, I've done that before, and um, not just... The Git stuff is really cool, because... Um, well, cool's the wrong word. It's really bad, because yeah. <laughs> it exposes so much. But but you, um, it's such an easy mistake to make, especially if you're new to using source control or just generally deploying websites. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, you, can do, you can basically get a list of domain names and search for files like db.sql or mm. backup.sql. And, um, you know, you'll get hits maybe one in a thousand domains. It's, it's yeah. incredibly high. Yeah. Um, and this is, this is very similar. Um, uh, yeah, it's slightly different, I suppose, in the sense of what you might expect to find um, because most of those domains are delivering 
websites, whereas some of these buckets are pure file stores. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I haven't really done any of it in Angie. I'm st- still building my list of buckets. Um, so, um, yeah, we'll see. But it is, it is basically the same. And actually... Um, something similar that I played with as well as part of this S3 thing was looking at um, how some image hosting sites so a lot of the if you if you use um, forums or reddit or anything like that um, a lot of those sites are associated with certain image hosting sites where you can basically go give it an image and it gives you a nice short URL to use to put that image inside a blog posting or inside your forum post or whatever Mm. Um, and some of those I mean some of them don't claim to offer any privacy to your image or to give you a very unique URL, but obviously they're interested in maintaining short URLs, and some of them um, are just using sequential, very short um, strings to identify uh, each image. Yeah. And they, again, there's no um, protection on you brute forcing those. And I tried with a couple of pretty well-known image sites, and you can literally rip their entire stock of images that people have uploaded and some like i say some of those aren't offering any expectations of privacy but some of them are and giving you a url where perhaps there's only i don't know a few hundred thousand combinations is not good enough Mm -hmm. um and actually this is for another day but i also realized so one of the big things about uploading images online which i'm going to investigate further is you know, now people take photos with their phones a lot. Phones automatically associate yeah, um, GPS data, mm-hmm. yeah, with the image. And um, Apple actually do a really good job of stripping it out when you export it from your phone, depending on how you do it. Um, but lots of them don't, and so the image sites now have a responsibility to strip that data out, if not when it's uploaded, certainly before the image is given back to anyone else. Yeah. and they don't all do it. Um, and I, I when I looked at this image site, I then wrote another quick script which looked at all the images, pulled out the ones that had GPS data, and then, of course, you can do cool stuff like show me all the images near me. And some of these images, um, uh, you know, were, you know, were taken a few miles from where I was sat at the time, and the, those people that uploaded them would certainly not have expected people to be able to work out what house they were in or where, you know, where they were when they took that image. Mm. I do think about this often when whenever I put a picture on social media is is what you know effectively am i telling someone about where i am or where i'm not um yeah you know yeah you don't yeah it's quite it's scary actually how much you give away from just the most innocent photographs yeah i mean especially people who will post pictures of their holidays and you know it's sort of like hiding or not hiding the fact that they're in another country and it wouldn't take a lot in in many cases to be able to work out what their address is and their house is effectively empty. But anyway, I know that's going off on a, yeah. on a different subject. Yeah. But, but it, it, it's definitely true that um, there are several examples where just sharing what feels like an inc- inconsequential piece of information somewhere could actually expose you to, to, a, to a far more thorough investigation of what you're doing, where you are, and um, what that consequently means. Yeah, basically, my thought on this at the moment is I, you know, there are very clever people out there that are working out how to re- reverse engineer processors and, and IoT devices and doing things that I don't I just don't have the skill set to do. Mm. But actually, most information exposure doesn't require you to be an elite hacker. It requires you just to look harder than other people are looking. Um, because it just seems like there's so much out there. Like S3 is just one. Like you know, I was thinking, well, maybe I should have a look at if a closer look at Google Drive. And then you've got these um, less these well these um, 
hosting and file stores and, and CDNs that have been provided by much, much smaller organisations than Amazon and Google. Mm. So you'd, you'd expect them to have um, much less thought go into how they're going to protect the, their data and their users um, or, and the, you know, the process users go through to upload things. Is there more room for errors? So you know, this is just the tip of an absolute huge iceberg that I might get lost in for months. Um, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, we'll see what we'll see what happens with S three stuff, and then go from there. Cool, awesome. So, um, oh yeah, uh, AirDrop. Yes. Okay. So now you went straight to watch a football match. I did. Yeah. So I did. I did basically what you were describing in terms of going to a highly populated area and just finding out how many people had their airdrop enabled for everybody also i did discover because like during our last episode i was unable to find where airdrop is and how you actually turn that on it's actually very simple it's in the tray or what's it called on ios when you the when um, you, um i know what you mean the the, uh, uh, the screen that slides up from up, the bottom you know, when you the, bring up yeah. the control set the control center yeah yeah, yeah. airplay's right there controls. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's not in iOS 11, though, um, because it's not on mine anymore. Oh, right. Oh, OK. Yes, yeah, so, but it is in settings. Yes, yeah, it, so. yeah, so, yeah oh, right, OK, so it's moved from... But in iOS 11, you've got, like, widgets, so maybe I can add an AirDrop widget, which I've turned uh, off. Possibly. That might be the case. Yeah. So anyway, anyway having, you having football, easily discovered that eventually. Um, yeah, so I, I, as you say, I went to a populated football stadium, and I was just interested to know who had their AirDrop... Um, exposed to everybody and so you can imagine the number of people who would have been within that proximity within a the stands of a football stadium and well i got one person rex rex was exposed and i could have sent him whatever i wanted of course i didn't Um, but but, um and i i sent you the screenshot with uh, so you think so was it it was it full house well, um, well, I'll probably get anyone who's a football fan will 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 mock me for suggesting that Bournemouth have ever have a full house in a tiny stadium. But inconsequentially, <laughs> the space around me was was fully at capacity. Yes. Okay. <laughs> right. Well. Okay. So I did a similar thing, and I had. Um, so you had one person. I had none. But I was I was walking around a supermarket. So in terms of being having a dense population around me. Yeah. Um. There was yeah I got I got zero mm-hmm. uh, and I expected to find some actually but I think we both jumped into it a little bit so because I, I came back I grabbed another device and I was like right what what how what makes this work and I'm not talking about like technically but I discovered a few things okay. one is the range is pretty crap so uh, at most I got ten meters but as soon as you like introduce a door or a wall or even like a large object. Uh-huh it drops dramatically and I guess that's like typical of Bluetooth. Um, yeah, I so don't know what first... expectations are with, with Bluetooth, to be honest. Um, I suppose it's never, yeah, it's never superb, is it? No, uh, it's not supposed to be either. It's meant no. for like close range No, stuff, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, um, so that was the first key thing, but that doesn't really explain why you only had one person at football, but the, 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 I worked it out when playing with a device, two devices side by side, it, the receiving device has to be on, uh, awake yeah the screen has to be on ah. if the device is off mm-hmm. or in sl- sleeping it doesn't have to be unlocked it just has to be awake. alive yeah. with the screen on to show up on your airdrop so if you did it at half time i could nearly guarantee yeah. there'd be tons more people on there than there were during well, the game it's interesting you say that because that was at half time 
Oh, okay. Well, then, <laughs> maybe maybe Bournemouth fans are struggling to, for well, iPhones. Yeah, I would, I would, users. yeah, I'll follow the stereotype and say that they're all pretty elderly. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but, okay, so then I tried it um, at the ultimate cyber-flashing place. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I had a day at Reading Festival, and I, I think yeah. I mentioned that I was going to be there. With your mum. And I stood in a very dense crowd in between acts, mm-hmm. tons of people on their phones, uh, and there were tens of people on my right. uh, possible recipient list. Okay. That, and I worked it out. Um, I worked out if it's a 10 metre range, I was outside, so there weren't really any barriers other than other people. Mm. And say you had four people per square metre, it's probably more than that. That's 1,260 people uh, in a 10 metre radius. Yeah, okay. And so there was like, it was changing so frequently I couldn't count them because people turning their phones on and off, moving in and out of range, etc, yeah. etc. Et yeah. But there were, there were loads. I could have had a field day if I really wanted to. Wow. Okay, um, that's interesting. So so the immediate lesson there is pick the, uh, you know, if we're offering advice to potential, which we're not, um, <laughs> that it... The the, the the location or the context of the location that you're in is really important. So you know, yeah, it would, you bored people basically, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. lots of them. These phones, <laughs> these phones would have to be active in order for for that threat. But to you see, be that led me through. to think that the privacy concern is well founded because when your phone comes up on someone else's device, mm. it shows your name. Yeah, and typically because you've named your phone James's iPhone. Um, yeah, and it also, if you were in a less crowded space, mm. you could probably work out who it is by looking at the people who are using their phones. But also. Also, um, it also um, in many cases, my phone certainly does it, has a picture. Ah, no, the picture will only... I, I might be wrong on this. Oh, I, the yeah, picture comes from your contacts. Ah, okay. So, it does, so unless they're in your contacts, yeah. um, you won't see a picture. Okay, that's good, yeah. Okay, so, so you, wouldn't, a local picture. you wouldn't be able to see yeah, that know, would be guy worse. with yeah. dark hair and then immediately look to your left and pick yeah. him out. The other, the other thing I did, I did name my phone. I gave it a more enticing name, yeah. but I didn't receive any um, any images. No. But I would. I've just called my phone iPhone now, um, as a result of my investigation, because you know, mm. um, at least I can remove that little bit of data from um, that people might be able to see if they're going to send you stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, the obvious thing here is for Apple to put like so you can say everyone for the next ten minutes. And then it goes back to contacts only. That solves the problem instantly. Mm-hmm. But there's another big issue, which is, um, and I learned this from experimenting with it, but also searching Twitter, where if you send an image to someone, and you can send all sorts of, sorts of things, but if you're sending an image to someone anonymously, mm-hmm. they will see that image before they decide to accept or decline it. Which is which was basically the problem, wasn't it? Of um, yeah. yeah. Well, you could argue like you might be intrigued and say accept anyway but at least you've actually had to make that decision yes but the image comes up in a preview window mm-hmm. and there was a girl on twitter who um who was sat on a train and someone had typed into their notes app on their phone something along the lines uh, of oh t- let me get it up i'll tell you what it says because it's terrifying yeah yeah so um, it's, so it's, it's a message rather than something visual yeah, yeah, and they said, they typed it into their notes app, and I'm, I'm quoting here, oh, I'm going to follow you home and kill you. I'm here in the same train as you. I will follow you. You will die today. And then they took a screenshot of it and sent uh, the screenshot. These people were just... Single women how can on they, a train. Yeah, how can they even think that, oh, this is a bit of fun? Like, it's, yeah. it's appalling. And then um, I've got a few selections here that I found on Twitter. Uh... 
Okay, that one's not really relevant or readable. Um, <laughs> yeah, people basically do do it. So someone here on Twitter, the temptation to randomly airdrop pics of moose to strangers on this flight is too real. So I don't know who moose is or where she's flying. So oh, I've been a picture of a moose. <laughs> <laughs> well, possibly. <laughs> and then my favourite is a um, a picture of a, a clownfish, like from Finding Nemo, yeah. with the caption, where's my fucking son? Um, <laughs> and that's it. That's the picture that someone received when they left their airdrop on. Um, Weird. Yeah, I, I, yeah. There's and there's people on there. That's the other thing. There's people on there hoping that they're going to get random stuff airdropped to them. And I get the feeling like students in classrooms or lecture theatres, nightclubs. Uh, yeah, you know, this is getting used for a bit of fun and probably mostly harmlessly. Yeah. Um, but you know, personally, I think the ability to anonymously send someone a picture that they have to look at, yeah. they can't not look at it, no. needs to be needs to change. Yeah, oh, definitely because. Yeah, if you you if you know the person, then there's there's no reason to preview that image. You can just accept it having known the person. And if you don't know the person, then yeah, that's it. That's a good rule, yeah. isn't it? You you get the instant preview if you know them. Otherwise, you have to accept it. And it should just say this person is not in your contacts. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, Simply so I did find it. There's you know that little last week we were just joking about it, but actually when you get into it, there's quite a lot of uh, more serious potential issues mm. there. Mm. Um, and I tell you what I was thinking actually. So airdrop protocol itself, I don't, I'm, I don't know loads about it, but I know it uses Bluetooth to establish who's around, and then it uses Wi-Fi for the data transfer. It sets up an ad hoc network mm-hmm. and sends the data that way. And um, it's locked down, so you can't write. At, if anyone wants to correct me on this, do because I'm not an expert. But they, I don't think you can write an app that can send stuff via airdrop because otherwise you could write an app that could literally comb the world around you for airdrop recipients and mm-hmm. automatically send stuff out. And in like an environment like a festival or a football match, obviously that could be quite interesting. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking on a jailbroken device, I wonder if there isn't any reason why you couldn't write an app that did exactly that. It's used, sent, automatically delivered mm. stuff via airdrop. I don't know. Um, I don't know enough about... I don't know enough about that type of development, let alone what jailbreaking ultimately exposes. That what, would, but yeah, no, neither do I actually. So, but anyway, maybe if maybe if one of our loyal listeners wants to tell yeah. us, that'd be great. <laughs> but they, but but um, yeah. So anyway, it did get me thinking: is there a way you could automate this and have a phone where you walk around with it in your pocket and it's just advertising something yeah. or 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 sending stuff out? And it's very hard to track people. I mean, like take that notes out. What there's nothing really given away in that. Like she could call the police. They lock that carriage of the train down. And they could search everyone's phones, but yeah, they're not going to. Are they? Because not I mean, it's have another discussion. Note but the, the the authorities aren't aren't as clued up on how to deal with this stuff. They probably won't even know what she means. No, exactly. That's and that's that's or, that's what we've seen a lot with a lot of this uh, Twitter trolling and stuff like that. Is that people will go to the police and say, "I'm being um, threatened here," and the police are, just don't understand how to deal with it. And it's only yeah. probably in the last six, twelve months that you've actually seen. Um, a lot of uh, local police authorities start to have any kind of concept of what a Twitter presence is and how you deal with that. But it's been yeah. very slow on the uptake. Whereas if someone wrote a, like, a newspaper cuttings message and, oh, and yeah. slipped it into their, her bag or something yeah. in the train carriage when she wasn't looking, they'd be all over that. Yeah, absolutely. That station would be in lockdown, wouldn't it? Yeah. You know, well, they... yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the, the, so... the technology is, is sprinting ahead of the um, the... the the um like the legal force are able to do anything about it 
But what you have, so you've certainly given me an idea there with changing the name of your phone. So I'm going to rename my phone Power Off because if I do that, no one's going to press that button. <laughs> or yeah, call please. Yeah. <laughs> or, or just call just like the fuzz or something. Yeah, detonate. Yeah. <laughs> you could like make it like please airdrop like uh, please airdrop anonymous tip off. Yeah. Uh, box or something yeah, yeah. Some, something but, that's um, going to definitely repel the uh, I don't know do you know what attacker. I'm going to in, in honesty I've left my uh, settings to everyone because I'm yet to receive anything so again maybe it goes on occasionally but mm. it's definitely not something that's happening all the time mm. you obviously um, live in too but, nice a part of the world where there are no yeah, um, maybe. well actually that's not true because you told me the other day that if you google your name in your town (laughs) (laughs) then it comes up with a completely different James Beck who's who's committed some kind of horrific crime I'm going to do it again now to see if it's changed well first of all there is a very famous James Beck an actor in Dad's Army oh yeah he Um, was he played um, he was the younger guy wasn't he the smoker no actually I don't think he was was I think I tell people that but I don't think he was hang on are you sure I'm sure I looked this up before yeah, yeah, he was... Um... No, he's, no, he wasn't. Yeah, he, Private Walker. He, there we go. He Okay, yes, he was younger than Sam, but he wasn't the really young guy. Oh, no, sorry, no, he wasn't Pike. No, he Pike. was... Um... No, that's it, that's it. Yeah. yeah um, was... the, 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 right, yes. Uh, James Beck... If you So, James Beck Gloucestershire, let's do that. James Beck Gloucestershire. Yes, uh, so top result on Google. Abusive James Beck told his partner, when you get back from pub... I'm sorry. I'm waiting for it to load now. Yeah. Oh God's sake! Yeah. I've got it. If it helps. When you get back from the pub, I'm going to smash your face in. <laughs> nice guy. Yeah. Um, that isn't me. No, bears no resemblance whatsoever. But in honesty, like if I call someone now, say so got a new customer, James Beck, Gloucestershire. Let's Google this guy. You're going to yeah. assume that that's me, or you can. Of course, yeah, I, you, yeah, you absolutely were. You absolutely would, because you're going to take that, that seed of doubt is going to make you, um, you know, it's better to be safe than sorry. Yeah. So, well, we'll use this as an opportunity to um, expose you as the truly uh, law-abiding James Beck, and not the <laughs> James Beck who uh, everyone else thinks you are. Well, you see, I can't exactly put a takedown request on for Google. Maybe I can now. Maybe yeah. while well, still in the EU, I should get on that. Is your right to be forgotten applied to people with the <laughs> same I, name? Do I have a right for someone else to be forgotten? Yeah, yeah. You can make every James Beck in the world forgotten. It'll be like the world's <laughs> shittest Netflix series. <laughs> uh, um, what's next on our list? Um, oh. No, I've talked about that. Oh, I did tweet something, which I know you looked at as well, which I thought was cool. It's a bit of a geeky techie thing. Ah. It was about people utilising URL da- uh, shortening services to store yeah, data. It was I'm, like their own yeah. database. I'm glad you mentioned this, because when you were talking about URL shorteners earlier on for images, I was thinking, should I bring this up? No, I'm, I'm glad you yeah. have. Tell, tell us more about it. <laughs> I just noted it down as something we could talk about yeah. and given them a bit short of content the couple of weeks that have gone by, I thought. Um, yeah, so... So in summary, what people are doing, well not people are doing, this is a GitHub project that I did a bit of digging around on. Apparently this is not completely unheard of. So a URL shortener effectively takes a long string and turns it into a short one and then you get the long string back when you perform a lookup on the on the website, the URL shortener. Yes. Um, so what people, people are basically doing is putting data into a string 
um, putting it into a URL shortener and then storing that key in their database or whatever yeah. so that they don't have to store the longer string. And in a, this, obviously these URL shorteners have great big, um, uh, you can store pretty long URLs, but they do have limits. So say you had a 20 gig file you wanted to store like this. The idea is you break it down into chunks you put each chunk in there, mm. and then you build a string of all the URL identifiers, so all the um, the shortened versions. You put that string back into the URL shortener and get a shortener one. So you can basically build a pyramid, which ends up being your raw data. So even if you've got like a 20 gig file, you can still break it down and end up with one like bitly link yeah. that then exposes the next links which exposes the next links until you get to your links that actually have your data in reassemble the file boom yeah and this this is an actual github project um i suppose i should tell everyone you might just have to search for it this is how um unprepared we are so what is what would you say is the top line benefit of someone actually doing this um there probably isn't one because it's not practical you couldn't you couldn't actually but but it's just it's just a ex- exposition of uh, of what could be how something could be repurposed to do it's something. It's just a be- yeah yeah yeah. I mean, it's, it's I guess it's just a really simple like storage mechanism which is fast and exists online that you can access. I tell you what, I was, mm. I was thinking like maybe for malicious use, like if you were running a botnet or you wanted some communication between devices that you've taken over yeah it might be some some legs in that a nice anonymous way of doing that mm. and something that's very hard for the authorities to deal with unless you're going to take down the, the url shortening service mm. the github project um uh, actually um get, lets you choose your url shortening service and you just put in some parameters for you know what the different uh, yeah. you know the endpoint is etc and yeah. it, it can utilize many of them so it wouldn't be too hard to write something that works cr- across url shortening services as well um but anyway yeah so i thought that was a cool i think someone made it because they were bored and i just thought it was an interesting uh hack hmm. awesome um so uh i suppose i think that's about it for this week okay. a little update on stuff and then um I think we, should, we need to promise everyone. I suppose we'll be better. We'll be back next week, better armed and prepared. Hopefully for um, something a bit more exciting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think um, this sort of said earlier on that uh, things conspired against us this week, but it's a miracle we're doing this at all. Yes, to be exactly. Honest, isn't it? This it's in, a, in in the grand in scheme the of things. So yeah, so we're, we'll we'll um, use the next few days to to properly prepare for the next one and come back uh, firing on all cylinders. Well, hopefully I've, like, discovered a, a treasure chest <laughs> of um, exposed files in S3. And, um, oh, well, I might be in prison then. And, and <laughs> you won't be able to do this with me anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> I promise I'll save it yeah. for, for well, then you really would, it on here. You really would then have an echo in your uh, in your prison cell. <laughs> yeah. Do you think they'll let me do the podcast from Wormwood Scrubs? <laughs> I might be out on my bail. Um, you you can like start a Kickstarter campaign or something to uh, well Kickstarter we don't do it. Go fund me uh, to raise like my legal expenses and stuff. Yeah, um, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll, we'll we'll come up with a way. And I can do use my phone call, can't I? I can call you. Sorry, ma'am. I've got to talk. I've got to record the podcast, with Chris. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a long term benefit here: freedom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> okay. Cool. Brilliant. Right. Thanks a lot, mate. I'll I'll speak to you and everyone next week. Yeah, catch everyone later. See you later.
James Beck. You can find out more about the show, including how to contact us, on our website 200ok.show. That's the words 200ok.show. Thanks again, and see you next time.